Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova, co-founder and president of Wellspring Counseling. And today's program is a parent-teen communication tips show. So if you're a teenager out there, or if you're a parent out there, and you're thinking, how do I make my relationship better with my family, within my family, and we all know that's really important to us, then this show is for you. And if not, maybe you could learn some basic communication tips for any other relationship you have, because honestly, as I look at this list, it's actually what we should all be doing in all of our relationships. So no matter who you are, what your age is, stick with this show. We're going to talk about parenting, communication, and with me today, I have a couple of teenage guests. So let's introduce ourselves. Ella, you're with us. Your name is Ella. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Ella. I'm going to be a sophomore at Coral Reef Senior High School, and I am on the cheerleading squad. I'm an active member at Christ Journey Church. Okay, that sounds great. So Ella's with us. And did you say how old you are? I'm 15. 15. And we also have Alyssa with us today. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Mom. Oh, she told. All right, all right. Yes, I have my daughter. And how old are you? I should know. <laughs> I'm 19. I will be a sophomore at Loyola University Chicago this coming year. And yeah, it's my last year of teenage. Yeah, you're barely so, a teenager. So so hopefully we've mastered some of this and we'll see yeah, and as the show goes on. Hopefully we got something right. Okay. Do you have tips for the 20s? Not yet. Actually, I do, even all the way through the 30s, because I've got kids into their 30s. So, okay, so let's move on. So, audience, I want you to know as you're listening out there that this is taken from, these hints are taken from the American Psychiatric Association, a, an article called Communication Tips for Parents. And this article, you can link to it by getting on our website at wellspringmiami.org. You're welcome to link to it there you can also subscribe to our newsletter we have a newsletter coming out the same week as this show about what teenagers really want from their parents and one of the things in that article the key point of it is that kids really care about having good relationships at home they think kids care only about phones and only about their social life but the truth is one of the most important things in their lives is that they have healthy family relationships do you think that's true i believe it's true definitely Okay. Well, it's kind of, if you don't have that, then that becomes your focus. But if you have a good, stable relationship at home, then everything else is fair game. You can think about cheerleading and think about other things that you're doing, right? But if it's rough at home, then everything else falls apart. So we're going to talk about this and we're going to go through these tips that are in this APA article, Communication Tips for Parents. And I'm going to ask you guys your advice. Let's see how close you think they are on giving good advice for communication with teenagers, all right? So I brought the experts in. All right, so the first point here is that to be great communicators with our kids, our teenagers, parents should be available for your children. So that seems sort of self-evident, but let's start with that. And the first point says, notice times when your kids are most likely to talk, for example, at bedtime or before dinner in the car. So can't have great communication if you're not available for your kids. What do you guys think? Is that true? Yes. Definitely. All right. So let me ask you, what's a good time for your parents to talk to you? Well, I know 
I don't live at home anymore during school, but in high school, I was not home very much. Pretty much the only time I was available to talk was during dinner. And then after that, I would go back to studying or just go to sleep because I was tired from the day. So probably, at least for me, during dinner time or right before you guys went to bed. <laughs> Notice the key, you guys, because yeah. she would stay up later. I'd say, I'm going to bed. It's my bedtime. Can we talk? And then she goes, I, I go to bed. She stays up. All right. So that's a good time. Bedtime, dinner. So it makes it important to have family dinners, doesn't it? What about you, Ella? What's a good time in your home for talking? I think when I'm in the car is when I get the most conversation in, mostly just because I'm kind of locked in and so are they. So <laughs> we just have some good chats in the car. I think that's true. My my older daughter, I remember I finally realized um, it was hard to talk to her, but I finally realized that a really good time to talk was to get in our, we had a little jacuzzi at that house, and it was outside in the patio, and it was really dark, so in the dark of night and in the jacuzzi, so somehow I think it took the pressure off. We weren't staring at each other like the intensity of over dinner, you know, it's somehow a side-by-side stuff and side-by-side in the dishes and the kitchen. So sometimes that side-by-side thing for kids who are a little bit more shy to talk is helpful. But um, bedtime, dinner time, cars when we're trapped, as you said. All right. So the next tip they have here is to start the conversation. So they're saying the parents should start the conversation. So do you agree with that? Should the parents start the conversations? I kind of agree, kind of disagree because Sometimes when parents are starting the conversation, it can seem like they're being a little nosy, for lack of a better word. Kind so, of interrogating or yes, something. Yes, that's the word I was looking for, interrogating. It seems <laughs> nosy like, was actually softer. <laughs> <laughs> seems like they're kind of interrogating. I feel like kids are more likely to open up when it's on their terms. Okay. What do you think, Alyssa? I think the kids should know that the parents are available. Hmm. And But I think I agree with Ella that the kids should initiate just because... I know there were times I did not feel like talking. I was tired. I came back from home from practice, and I had exams or whatever during the day, and I, the last thing I wanted to do was talk about my deep emotional feelings. And so I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I learned eventually from my first round of children, my older kids, to wait and to let them initiate. So I found that kind of like when, when you're trapped in the car, if I waited a little bit instead of jumping right in, that they would bring up something positive. But if I jumped in, they'd say, fine, nothing. <laughs> They just shut down. But somehow if I let them start. So I don't know. We may not agree with this one so much. But certainly the parents have to be available for the kids to start the conversations, right? All right. So the next tip says find time each week for a one-on-one activity with each child and avoid scheduling other activities during that time. All right. So is this hard to do? One-on-one time? I think it is. Uh, When... Especially when I started driving, but then we didn't really have the car rides anymore, mm-hmm. so that cut that out. But we we worked really hard at having family dinners and making sure we ate together at least a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. And besides that, when I would be coming home from games and stuff, we would ride together. And So, uh, yeah, I guess car rides, <laughs> because car rides were far and long, especially in Miami traffic. That's true. So. All right. So, so Ella, what do you think some of the best one-on-one activities are that you have with your parents? With my mom, definitely shopping because it's something we both enjoy, which sounds kind of shallow, but it's true. Definitely mm-hmm. when, like, if I just need something for Target, let's say, I can't drive by myself yet. So when she takes me and then we kind of just turn it into a little shopping trip, it's definitely some good time for us. That's a good time. And any special things with your dad? With my dad, we have really fun when we go to UM games together, for sure. And I know your family are big fans of that. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. It says that parents should learn about their children's interests. So 
what do you think about that? And how can parents do that really well? What's that look like if they learn your interests well? I think you can be in tune with someone's interest and not take them on as your own. But I think being aware of what your kids are, you know, I very much enjoy music. It's a big part of my life. And so when I put on my music in the car when I'm driving and they listen to it and they appreciate a song or something, I know it makes me feel good. And just learning about what I care about, what's important to me, what I'm studying in school, even if they don't particularly care about it, it's it's nice knowing that they at least care about you beyond the subject. So it's about, I'm interested because you are, not because I am necessarily. Yes. And then, then you know I care. Yes. I just learned something new about her, about really liking me, listening to her music. I need to do more of that. I like locking you in the car and making you listen to my music. Yeah, that's true. She does. Listen to the song, Mom. It's great. And quit talking while we listen. <laughs> All right. So it also says that parents should initiate conversations by sharing about their own lives, what they're thinking about, rather than beginning a conversation with a question. What do you think about that tip? I definitely agree with that because sometimes it's a little exhausting when a conversation's 100% revolving around me and... Kind my of life pressure. exactly super pressuring i guess mm-hmm. so it takes off some of that pressure when they're also opening up cuz she all, i know my mom especially always wants me to open up and it kind of makes it a little easier when she's also opening up to me so it's more of like a two-way relationship and I think good, healthy relationships as you age from being a child, when you're very young children, your parents are just the parent. Like, you don't see them as people. Like, it's kind of like, you know, the day that kids discover that their teachers go to the grocery store and they realize they're not just teachers, they're people. And I think we do that as kids, as into adulthood with our parents. We start seeing them as people with their own struggles and their own lives. And that's a healthy two-way relationship that ideally the adult-parent-child relationship is equal and mutual. So we we begin at that in teen years, right? Um, Melissa, did you want to add anything on that one? Yeah, I feel like the reverse is the same. I feel like a lot of times parents see their kids as just kids and forget Mm -hmm. that they grow up and become real people themselves and have their own interests and likes and pains and loves. And I think parents a lot of times just continue to treat their children as just these things that need to be fed and need to go to school and will you know my kids instead of individuals my kids instead of people i can have a genuine relationship with Hmm. and Mm -hmm. i feel like that is a big problem that parents have with kids is that they still baby their kids i think that's really great and good healthy relationships as we age as our kids age are mutual friendships ideally that's the goal you're moving away from parent child and into friendship and so both sides have to work at that so that's great that's great all right so we're going to stop here take a quick break and we'll be right back this is wellspring on the air and today we're talking about parent teen communication tips so if you missed the beginning of the show you can find us at wellspringmiami.org we'll be right back are you or someone you know experiencing depression anxiety or family and marital issues professional christian counseling can help Contact Wellspring Counseling at 786-573-7010 or visit their website at wellspringmiami.org for more information. Don't miss Wellspring on the air on Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. as well as Friday nights at 7.30 p.m. because our hearts and minds matter. 
Welcome back. This is Wellspring on the Air, and I'm Tova, co-founder and president of Wellspring Counseling. Today, we're talking on our show about parent-teen communication tips. So again, if you missed the beginning of the show, find us at wellspringmiami.org. But otherwise, tune into the rest of this show and learn about good communication. Even if it's not a parent-teen you're thinking about, all these principles apply to any of us in our relationships. So, so far, we've talked about parents being available for their kids so that the communication can actually happen. Oh, and with me on the show today, I have Ella and Alyssa. Alyssa's 19 and Ella is 15. And um, there are experts for the show today on whether these tips from the American Psychiatric Association are any good. All right. So the next tip they give is that let your kids know you're listening. And it says when your children are talking about concerns, stop whatever you are doing and listen. Okay. So first of all, as a mom, I have to say, this is totally impractical. (laughs) But probably a really good idea. What do you girls think? I think that definitely when it's something that's important to me, it feels a lot better when my parent stops what they're doing to listen because I know that I have their undivided attention as opposed that kind of shows that they realize how important this is to me as opposed to kind of flicking it off. Yeah, it's it's a statement of value. The fact that you put your phone down, you stop, you look someone in the eye, it says, I hear you, I see you. So that's a good tip. Um, Let's go on. How about express interest in what they're saying without being intrusive? Now, here's my question for you. How do you do that? How does a parent do that? Oh, boy. I feel like it's that's very subjective depending on the conversation, how much information you already have on the subject. But I feel like you really just have to let the kid initiate and you, like, ask questions, not specifically ask questions that would bring the kid to open up so like how does that make you feel but not anything very explicit like oh like well what happened next well what did you do so it needs to not be interrogating and open-ended questions and honestly what it needs to be is like this parent walking this (laughs) tightrope of impossibility so sometimes you're asking too much because it's a sensitive subject sometimes it's too little I think this is a total tightrope just to say that to the parents out there we're trying really hard at trying to not be intrusive but doing it I do think as a parent that some of the tricks of this are kind of having just responses that are generic like huh that's interesting (laughs) tell me more (laughs) So just these little little cues that say you can keep talking, but I'm not going to ask anything. I'm just going to let you know I'm listening. And I don't know. It's the only way I've tried to walk that tightrope is, oh, that's, oh, wow, that's different or it's interesting. Like, or like that like, scene from Grease, like, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's not it. All right. So the next tip is listen to their point of view, even if it's difficult to hear. Okay, this is a tough one. So do your parents listen to your point of view even if it's difficult for them to hear? Hmm. Debatable. Sometimes, I know definitely my dad struggles with that. Like, I'll be trying to talk, and he just wants to get his input in, and I'm like, okay, but I heard you. Now I'm trying to let you hear me. So, but Mm. I know they try. But definitely, yeah, just letting me finish and you finish. It's a two-way thing, though, because I know that sometimes, like, I'll, my parents will be trying to, get their point across and I kind of butt in because all I'm thinking about is my point instead of fully listening to them. I love you fessing up to that because that's (laughs) the truth. This is really hard for all of us to do. It's really difficult to let someone finish talking when we totally disagree or we're really defensive about it. When it's difficult to hear their point of view, we want to put ours in there and fight for it, right? Yes, but I have been blessed enough to 
attend intentional listening classes. So I, <laughs> uh, to to those listening, it's funny because my my mother here is the teacher of these intentional listening classes. So if either of us are not good at intentionally listening to each other, we can hold each other accountable because she wrote it and I don't really have a choice. <laughs> and I made you listen to me teach it. <laughs> yeah, I had to intentionally listen about intentional listening. All right, so we do this one okay in our house. <laughs> no, we do. I, I think you, you guys do very well, especially, you know. And I think you listen pretty well to what I have to say. And and it is hard. I, even saying to somebody, I think as parents, we can say to our kids, listen, I know it's hard to hear what I'm about to say, but please let me try and say it to you. And, and kind of just even setting up to please hear me out, and then I'll give you a turn. And then we have to give them the turn. And we have to let them say it all. And then it's really about taking turns and letting people finish uh, what they have to say before, even if we disagree. All right. The next one is let them complete their point before you respond, which is exactly what I'm saying. So clearly the APA has good guidelines here. All right. The next point is repeat what you heard them say to ensure that you understood them correctly. All right. So is that like, sound like some therapist? So what I hear you saying is, or is that like a good piece of advice? What do you guys think? I guess it can help to just like what they said ensure that they're actually listening to what I'm saying and not just kind of thinking in their head while I'm talking about their point right and we often get each other wrong so I think saying back so you're saying you're really scared or so what you mean is this something you really don't want to do or whatever because that way we make sure we got it right yes all right we'll go with that piece of advice all right the next major point says respond in a way your children will hear and this point says soften your strong reactions because otherwise your kids will tune you out if you appear angry or defensive so what do you girls think about that i feel like that's true in any relationship if you Mm -hmm. blow up that that never works and i think back to the point that i said before about treating your kids like actual human beings no like, you don't want to be yelled at. No one wants to be yelled at. That's not fun for any party in any relationship. So I feel like once you blow up, you lose all credibility in your argument. Well, and I want to say to you parents out there, and uh, we'll see if, you, if I make you sensitive <laughs> by saying this, but I think that when kids are feeling kind of defensive, you all perceive the slightest hint on my part as a strong reaction. So I, I think we parents really do have to to rein it back in because if I say so your friend did that you, you're just like are you saying that they're that, 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 that right and you're like jumping all over me that I've judged them and you know thrown them into hell or something and really all I did was like say really so is that too too strong no for me that's to say true that? <laughs> I, I think especially with <laughs> subjects that are more sensitive mm-hmm. that because I feel like when you're a teenager you're really figuring yourself out you're figuring the world out and it can be a difficult process and you are already so hypersensitive about certain mm-hmm. things that if anyone has any reaction that could possibly be negative, especially your parents, which are people that you, you know, will look up to and want you value yeah, their approval and you want their like good praises that if they have, yeah, if they think negatively of something that you did or someone else did or of your friends, especially if it's someone you care about, then it's, yeah, bigger. It's yeah, just it's bigger. A- yeah, I had to. I had to learn that that I you're wanting to please me, or my kids are wanting to please me so much that if I even have a look on my face of disapproval, that they're sensitive to that. So I so softening that, you know, for us as parents. All right. The next one says express your opinion without putting down other people's opinions. 
So, and resist arguing. What do you think about that? Is that kind of disagreement allowed in most homes? Even think about your friends' homes. Do you think parent kids are allowed to disagree and parents say, well, we can have difference of opinions or do we say, you gotta agree with me because I'm right? Um, I feel like a lot of parents, not mine in particular, but a lot of parents struggle with that, that realizing that disagreements are normal in any relationship, that they're not just disagreeing with you because they're your kid, they may actually disagree with the idea itself. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of parents are just, well, I'm the parent, it is what it is. But I feel like it's important to kind of realize that you may have a disagreement with me, but you also have a disagreement with your friends or your boss or your coworker. Mm-hmm. So it's something that happens in every relationship and it should be just as valid when it's coming from your kid. I think that's so true as we develop as individuals. Part of being an individual is you have a different opinion. And healthy parent-child relationships, we allow for individuation. We allow for individual opinions. And that is something that healthy families have. And some families really struggle with that. You have to have the same political opinions as me, the same religious opinions, the same moral opinions. And that, that's a real challenge for a lot of families. I think that's true. I, I'm specifically thinking about when I got my first tattoo last summer about, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's how I, when I, I had been thinking about it for a while and when I presented it to you and dad, you were in disapproval, to say the least. I Dad was reeling a little bit more and you guys, but you were respectful and you're like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And you like every you're like this is something that you really need to think about it's going to be on your body forever and i did i had thought about it for a long time and i was like you know like i respect your opinion i really do and i have thought about and for the record our opinion was don't do it yeah oh yeah that <laughs> the opinion was <laughs> Just don't for do the it. record <laughs> and i carefully evaluated and i thought about the consequences where i put it what like what it would say and I decided that I did want to get it and that it meant a lot to me and it is something that I wouldn't regret at my wedding, which was one of the strong arguments. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we did tell you we disagree, but we respected the fact that you were old enough to do it and we really couldn't stop you. So we just said, I guess you're going to make choices that are different than we would make. Yes. And so, All right, well, good. I get points for that, even though I'm sitting here blushing on the radio. I know you can see me blushing on the radio, right? Okay, so we'll move on here. The last section here that we have is that to remember some things, just some key things. So one of the things we want to remember is that we need to ask our kids what they need or want from us. So good communication is to actually say, what do you want me to do? Or do you want me to just listen? Do you want advice? That kind of thing. Um, so do you think that's helpful if your parents say, what do you want from me right now? Because sometimes you want one thing and sometimes you want another. Depends on the tone. Because sometimes my mom or dad will say that and it comes across. What do you want me to do? Exactly. <laughs> so I know that tone. I feel like when it's in more of like a loving and more like an honest way, like they genuinely want to know how to help and how to help me through whatever I'm going through or support me. Yes, it's helpful, but it's a very thin line again. <laughs> I think for parents out there, the the key is that we actually tune into the fact that sometimes people won't one thing or another. This is a this is a common thing between men and women where women are expressing themselves and they want their husbands to just listen and not fix it. And so for all of us in our relationships, learning that we need to ask people what do you want from me right now? And just recognizing sometimes it's a shoulder to cry on, sometimes just to be with me, sometimes it's really listen, sometimes I need advice, and recognizing we have different goals for different 
types of communications. We just have a couple more here before we start to wrap up. Um, One of the things we're supposed to remember as parents, according to this list, is that kids learn by imitating. So most often they will follow our lead with how we solve our problems and how we work through difficult feelings. So I think this is a really key point. I'm just going to move on with it and say that in terms of communication, what I have seen with clients over time and in my own life is that our kids will speak to us the way we speak to them. We speak to them all through their childhood, and when they hit their teenage years, they speak to us back the same way they've been spoken to. So if we speak respectfully to them, even as little children, I'd like you to sit down, please. What would you like me to do for you? And we ask please, and we ask thank you, and we speak respectfully. They will speak that way to us. I can't tell you the number of parents I've worked with who are furious over their teenagers talking to them with terrible attitudes. And if you record the kids, they sound exactly like the parents did. So when their kids are little, they're saying, sit down, be quiet. Why did you do that? I can't believe this. And you're barking at them. And then their kids say, Mom, give me my bag. Give me my homework. Hurry up. Why are you late? And you suddenly realize it kind of sounds the same. And so this imitating of that, if we speak in kind ways and respectfully, if we speak to our kids the way we would to our boss, it would be amazing how differently we would say things. And that's what we get back from them. Then our kids speak to us like that. So I'm just going on my own little lecture on that. Do you girls want to add anything into that? Uh, yeah, I think the two phrases that are coming to mind are the apple never falls far from the tree and you reap what you sow. Yeah. So, if, yeah, if you treat your kids like they're burdens and like they are just things that are going to live with you until they're 18 and then you have to pay for college and then they don't come home again, then that's how they're going to treat you. They're going to act how you are treating them. So if you treat them respectfully to you, give hope, right? Yeah, if you treat them like human beings and they'll act like normal human beings if you treat them like just little rascals who don't have personalities then then they might become little rascals with bad personalities there you go (laughs) (laughs) all right it also tells parents on here that we should remember that kids will test us by telling us a small part of something important and seeing how we respond so part of great communication is passing our kids tests so I think that's just a, a, an important thing. Do you guys ever test your parents? by? If I tell you a little bit, let's see how you do about this party or with this whatever, and then I'll see if you respond. Definitely, all the time. You, you test the market, test the waters. Oh, yeah, because I have to see. Because someone's like, oh, can you come to this with me? And I'll be like, mm, let me mention it first <laughs> before I actually ask. Just kind of, oh, so-and-so is doing this on that day. Kind of get a taste of how they're feeling, yeah. So parents need to tune into that and pass the test. But they have to, if you want your kids to talk to you, you have to be a safe place for them to talk. So when they test us, we have to be safe and then they will talk more. And that encourages great communication. All right, guys, we're coming up to the end. It tells us to remember that kids have to learn from their own choices and that we can let them have consequences and learn from them. And I have the advice for parents on this one is that don't teach the point to your kids of things they could get from natural consequences. Let them come up with their own answers because as soon as you say, well, see, I told you, or you try to teach the point, they stop learning. And so let kids really learn and say, hmm, how did that work for you? What do you think about that? Those are a lot better questions than, you know, if you'd have listened to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, girls, we're going to wrap up. So any last comments from either of you on how to have great parent-teen communication? Um, I think the point I'm just seeing through all this is for parents to really remember, and kids as well, Mm -hmm. that each other are individuals as themselves, and that it's just like any other relationship, just with a lot more love. 
And yeah. yeah, I love that. It's like any relationship, lots of love. And that makes for good communication. Alyssa? Yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, when you're a teenager, you start going out. They start really having their own lives, their own social lives, because all us teenagers care about our social lives. <laughs> and I think it, it is a very fine line to walk because... I feel like kids are often afraid of their parents and afraid of consequences if something were to happen and, you know, learning, doing something stupid and having consequences. And I feel like parents need to walk a fine line of having, like, kids not wanting to disrespect them, but if something were to happen that they feel safe enough that they can call their parents or something bad were to happen. Because the last thing you want is your kid to be in a in a bad situation and then be more afraid of you than they are of the consequences yeah i love that and i know you're speaking from an experience with a friend on that and the pain of watching someone too afraid to talk (laughs) to their parents and so the key communication you have early is the safety net for those things later we want to be safe places for our kids to talk well we need to wrap up if you have comments for me on this tova at wellspringmiami.org you can find us at wellspringmiami.org on our website anytime you can listen to the rest of the show if you tuned in at the very end it'll be a recording there for you it's time to wrap up this is tova craps with wellspring on the air because hearts and minds matter Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.